Happy Nurses Week to all the nurses and future nurses listening. To celebrate, I'm having a 20% off sale on Study Sesh. This is my private podcast that features over 140 episodes to help you study on the go. Formats include pod quizzes, power hour deep dives, drills, and case studies. If you're tired of sitting at your desk or staring at a screen, but still want to review for nursing school, it's time to check out Study Sesh. Go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in that top menu bar. That's straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in the menu bar. See you there. Welcome back, everyone. This is another pod quiz brought to you by Straight A Nursing. And today's topic, we're going to continue with fundamentals since we did that last time. So let's just keep going in that same vein. And before we get started, I just want to explain real quick how pod quizzes work if you haven't done a pod quiz yet. It is basically like doing flashcards for your ears. So I will state a question, pause for a little bit, giving you time to answer. I recommend that you answer out loud. That helps really develop those pathways in your brain. And then I will state what the answer is. And you can kind of test your understanding and knowledge of this material while you're hopefully out doing something productive. I always encourage everyone to Go for a walk, a run, get outside, do something enjoyable and not just sit at your desk. Or maybe you're commuting to clinicals or something. So the idea is to break you free from the chains of the place where you study all the time and use a different part of your brain. I'm excited to announce that this podcast is now available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So you can... Subscribe to any of those, whichever listening arena you like the best for your podcasts. And also, I am getting really fancy and making YouTube videos. So I think there's only two up right now, but that will change as I get more adept at doing it. So go check it out. The channel, I believe the name of the channel is Nurse Mo. I'm trying to change it to Straight A Nursing. It's very confusing. But you can also see these videos on the Straight A Nursing Facebook page, which is at facebook.com slash straight A Nursing student. Okay, without further ado, let's get down to doing some pod quiz. And if there is a slight echo in here, I apologize. We're refinishing our wood floors and I am not, not actually in my office. I had to move everything down into the den and with all the furniture out of here, it's a little echoey. So my apologies. The first question, your patient is on enteral nutrition. Are you going to expect diarrhea, constipation, or just regular stools? Most likely diarrhea, and you'll see this a lot in the clinical setting. I call it tube feed poo because it's just this very runny um, kind of stool. Why do you monitor pulse when you are removing a fecal impaction.
because when you go in there to the rectum to stimulate, to hopefully help your patient have a bowel movement, you're going to stimulate the vagus nerve, most likely, maybe, maybe not, but it happens pretty often. So that's going to activate the parasympathetic nervous system and slow the heart rate down. So keep an eye on their pulse and if they are symptomatic with that. Your patient has diarrhea, but slowing peristalsis is contraindicated for their particular condition. What is going on with this patient? So a patient who has C. diff and is having a lot of diarrhea, you would not want to slow peristalsis for them. They need to get those organisms out. What bowel elimination problem occurs in people with liver disease? This is interesting. So I guess hemorrhoids are pretty common in people with liver disease. What is the primary reason that clients receive enemas? Oh, clients. When I was in nursing school, there was this big push to call patients clients. So some of my uh, notes say client. I mean patient. What is the primary reason that patients receive enemas? Mainly for constipation. Exactly. You are going to give a hypotonic enema. What exactly is that? That's going to be your tap water enema. Which type of enema, if done too much, can cause fluid and electrolyte imbalances? Yes, the tap water enema. Which type of enema is the safest type of solution for infants and children? That would be your isotonic solution, like normal saline. What about the type of enema best for patients who can't tolerate getting large amounts of fluid? That would be your hypertonic solution enema. Which type of fluid is going to cause, which type of enema is going to cause fluid to be drawn into the colon? Again, hypertonic. Which type of enema can cause irritation to the bowel? That is your soap suds enema. I haven't seen it done, but that doesn't mean that other facilities don't use these and that irritation causes the, the bowel and the peristalsis to kind of wake up and get active. If you're going to Give a soap suds enema. What are your quantities of water to soap? You'll use a liter of water to five mils of Castile soap. Your patient has high-pitched and hyperactive bowel sounds. What is going on? They could have a small intestine obstruction or an inflammatory disorder. What about if they have no bowel sounds? That is a paralytic ileus, and it's an expected finding after abdominal surgery. The belly should wake up after 24, 
sometimes 48 hours, but initially right after surgery, maybe even as slow as, uh, as, low as 12 hours, their belly's not going to be making any noise at all. What is the correct sized enema rectal tube for an adult? 22 to 30 French. Excellent. What is the correct volume of solution for an adult when you're using an enema bag system? 750 to 1,000 mils. What would be a very big sign that you've uh, perfed the Oh, okay. Sorry. What would be a sign of a perforation during enema administration? That's going to be your very rigid colon or not colon, sorry, very rigid or distended abdomen. What do you do if the patient experiences cramping during the enema administration? You will slow the flow rate and verify that the temperature isn't too cold. Conversely, also too hot, which usually isn't the problem. You just want it to be like room temperature. How are you going to slow the flow rate of an enema? Simple physics, just reduce the height of the bag. Okay, let's say your patient has a stoma and it appears purple. What is going on? If your stoma's purple, then circulation has been compromised. You need to keep a close eye on this. Let the MD know. And if it turns a dusky color, that's bad. What are the three categories of enemas? So there are cleansing enemas, oil retention enemas, and medicated enemas. And a common medicated enema that we give in the medical ICU is for patients in liver failure, and they will get lactulose, which will bind up ammonia and help reduce in hepatic encephalopathy. I can never say that, hepatic encephalopathy. So that's an example of a medicated enema. If your patient has critically high potassium, what category of enema would you use? If you said medicated enema, you are correct. That would be kaxalate, for instance. Okay, let's see. Can enemas be delegated to assistive personnel? Looks like they can, but you'd want to check your facility's policy if it is a medicated enema. In that case, probably not. Is a physician order required for an enema? Yes. What is the correct height to position the enema bag? 12 to 18 inches above the patient. What would be some contraindications for an enema? Name three. Glaucoma, increased 
intracranial pressure and irritable bowel disease, IBD. What is an ostomy? The ostomy is the opening through which feces or urine drains. What is the stoma? The stoma refers to that, that little piece of intestine that's brought out onto the abdomen. What is effluent? Effluent is the drainage from the stoma. There are two categories of urinary diversions. What are they? There are continent urinary diversions and incontinent urinary diversions. So what is the difference between these? So if the patient has an incontinent diversion, they need to wear a pouch so that their urine is constantly draining into that pouch as they produce it. And then with a continent diversion, the patient can insert a catheter to drain their urine on, on a schedule. What is an enteroostomy? That is any surgical procedure that produces an artificial stoma. It can be an ileostomy or colostomy. What type of stool does your patient with an ileostomy have? The stools with an ileostomy are very liquid. They contain digestive enzymes that are pretty caustic and can cause skin breakdown very easily. So you have to be very careful when you are assessing and taking care of a patient's skin who has an ileostomy. Which type of ostomy bypasses the large intestine? The ileostomy bypasses the large intestine. Excellent. What type of stool are you going to have with a colostomy? The stool with the colostomy is going to be thicker than an ileostomy and kind of semi-formed. Which type of colostomy has two openings through one stoma? That is a loop colostomy. In a loop colostomy, which opening drains the stool? That will be the proximal end. What kind of colostomy is used mainly or typically for colorectal cancer patients? Usually those patients will have an end colostomy. Which colostomy has two stomas? That's called a double barrel colostomy. In a double barrel colostomy, which stoma is the functioning one? The proximal one is the functioning one. Let's say your patient has a ureterostomy or ureterostomy, however you pronounce it. Is a pouch required? Yes, so that would be considered uh, of the incontinent type. Is a pouch required with an Indiana pouch or Coke pouch procedure? No, these patients can insert a catheter and drain their urine 
So that's considered a continent type. What does the distal stoma of a double barrel ostomy secrete? The distal stoma will secrete the mucus. How often do you change the skin barrier on an ostomy? That'll be every three to five days. Why are you going to listen to bowel sounds prior to pouching an ostomy? This is kind of a, a no-brainer. You want to do the procedure when the bowels aren't that active just because it'll be a lot less messy and more comfortable for your patient. At what point should you empty your ostomy pouch? When it's about one third to one half full. Okay, let's see. When you apply an ostomy pouch, do you start from the sides and work toward the bottom? No, you start from the bottom and work at the sides toward the top. What does the presence of protein in the urine indicate? Protein in the urine is a sign your patient has some renal disease or damage. What does high glucose in the urine indicate? Your patient has diabetes and probably kind of uncontrolled diabetes. What do ketones in the urine indicate? So that would be dehydration, starvation, poorly controlled diabetes, and maybe also a low-carb diet. I'm not really sure, but that kind of makes sense since people on low-carb diets get those ketone sticks and pee on them to see if they're in ketosis. Your urine has a red blood cell count of two or more. What does that indicate? Patient has kidney, kidney disease or damage, some kind of infection, maybe a trauma to the pelvis or bladder, and surgery. Maybe they had surgery in that area. What does a specific gravity of 1.010 indicate? That is totally normal. What does a specific gravity higher than 1.025 indicate? Patient is dry. They're dehydrated. What's the no normal range for white blood cells in the urine? Zero to four, excellent. What does the presence of casts in the urine indicate? Kidney abnormality. What type of syringe do you use when obtaining urine from an indwelling catheter for the purpose of a urine culture? I don't know if this is a real question. In my fundamentals book, the answer was a three mil syringe with a one inch 21 gauge needle. Obviously we use needleless things now, and I always use a 12 mil syringe because I wanna make sure I get enough urine. So just cancel that one out of your head. 
Can you delegate midstream urine specimen collection to assistive personnel? Yes, you can. What does a culture and sensitivity test do? It identifies the presence of a urinary tract infection and helps determine the best antibiotic to use. What antibiotics will this bug be sensitive to? Your patient has a white count greater than four in their urine specimen. What's going on? They have a UTI. You need to deliver urine to the lab. What is the time frame for getting it down there if it's not on ice? Fifteen to twenty minutes, which is why we always put our urine specimens on ice. Because even if you get it down to the lab in fifteen minutes, doesn't mean someone's going to process it or even notice it sitting there right away. How much urine should be collected for the lab? Probably thirty to sixty mils would be ideal. Um, it really kind of depends on your facility's policies and procedures. So my best advice is to call down to the lab, especially if you've got someone who's not making a lot of urine and it's really hard to get that sample. Find out how, how much do you need in order to do this urine culture or this urine, urine analysis. How long can a urine specimen be kept in the fridge? up to two hours. So in the fridge, on ice, same, same thing. You're going to obtain a urine specimen from a patient who's got a Foley catheter. You'll need to clamp that catheter for a little while before you obtain it. How long will you clamp it? About 30 minutes, and I always set a timer or an alarm on my phone to remind me to go in there and unclamp it because if for some reason, you get distracted, there's an emergency, you forget, whatever, you don't want to leave that clamped because then urine could back up into the kidney. What is the normal pH of gastric contents? 1.5 to 3.0. You're analyzing gastric contents and the client took an iron supplement. What will it test positive for, even though it will be a false, false positive? They're going to test positive for cold blood, so you want to make sure that you know whether they took an iron supplement or not. What foods can produce a false positive guaiac result? Some of those are red meat, green leafy veggies, poultry, and fish. What are the four drugs that can cause gastric bleeding? Anticoagulants, long-term use of steroids, NSAIDs, and aspirin. What size Syringe is used to aspirate contents from the NG tube when you're checking for residuals. 
That's a big old 60 mil syringe. You're going to obtain gastric contents to assess them. How much do you need? Get five to 10 mils. Patients who have a continuous tube feeding could have a gastric pH of what? Five or higher. Let's say you, your patient's not on tube feeding and you pull back and you get your five to 10 mils fluid and you assess the pH and it's higher than six. What do you think's happened? it is very likely that your NG tube is actually pulling fluid from the tracheobronchial tree and your NG tube is not in the correct place. Could also be that the tube is all the way down into the intestines. What is Malena? That is when the feces is a dark color due to blood. It's uh, black and tarry stools. Can ibuprofen result in a false positive fecal occult test? Yes, it can because it is an NSAID. Can you delegate the collection of wound drainage specimens to assistive personnel? No, you got to get in there and do that one yourself. Okay, let's see. How long do you wait for your gastric analysis results? You're doing a bedside gastric analysis test. Results in about 30 seconds. What is the difference between gastrocult and hemocult testing? Gastrocult tests for pH and occult blood, the hemocult tests only for occult blood. If your patient has an allergy to avocados, what precaution will you take when preparing your sterile field? What other allergy do you think they could have? You'll want to use latex-free gloves. And if you're inserting a Foley catheter, you would want to make sure you get a latex-free catheter. And most hospitals will have like a Ours looks like a fishing tackle box. It's a latex-free kit, and it just has latex-free versions of everything in it. Your patient works at McDonald's and has spina bifida. What precautions will you take when you start a Foley cath? You will use latex-free gloves. So spina bifida patients often have latex allergy, and people that work in restaurants, fast food, where they're wearing the latex gloves a lot can develop a latex allergy, so that's just kind of one of the little signals that they could very well have a latex issue. 
What part of the sterile drape can you touch without any gloves on or without sterile gloves on? You can touch that outer one inch. That's your non-sterile area to get your drape into position. And that is Fundamentals Unit B or Quiz B. And that was almost 100 questions. And we're right around 30 minutes, so that's perfect. I hope you went for a nice walk or at the very least folded your laundry. So again, you can, if you're listening to this on the website, you can also get it at iTunes. Look for Straight A Nursing, also on Stitcher and on Google Play. I encourage you to rate and review. That helps us rank higher so that other students can find us and do amazing in nursing school as well. I hope you all have a great day. I hope this wasn't too echoey and hopefully soon this floor project will be done. I'll have to put up a picture so you guys can see it. It's going to be amazing and it better be because it has been a huge disruption, I have to say. Okay, everybody have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. This podcast is a production of straightanursingstudent.com, copyright Mo Media.